I'm so thankful that the Elosh pastor, pastor and pastor Elosh have come to be with us tonight. And, uh, and I want us to make it a special matter of prayer for the Ukrainian church and for the Ukrainian people. Uh, we only know from a distance the difficulty that this country and nations around it face by having a near them, as Pastor Elosh mentioned, a, a, a dictator like Vladimir Putin. And this would be a very challenging situation for any nation. And we want to pray for our brothers and sisters that are in the Ukraine. Could we do it right now? Could we just lift up our voices and pray in the name of Jesus? Lord God, in your name, the most holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray right now for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, our brothers and sisters in Russia, our brothers and sisters in the Eastern European nations. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that you would cause great revival to continue to spread throughout those lands. I pray, Lord, that you who have subdued every principality and power, O oh God, would cause us to know that you have put all things under your feet. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the adversary. Lord God, cause your people to thrive and to stand strong in this day. Bless them, Lord, we pray. Bless them, Lord, we pray. Bless them, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. Let's clap unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Jesus. Amen. We thank God for his goodness to us. We're going to continue our series tonight on the matter of the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to begin by turning your attention to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to uh, read uh, from the word of the Lord uh, a few verses of Scripture. The word of the Lord says this in verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now it's important for us to recognize these works of the flesh because these are the works that our fleshly bodies are tempted to, to do and to engage in. Works of adultery and fornication, works of uncleanness and lasciviousness, works of, of envy and murder, works of drunkenness and revelings, works of idolatry, witchcraft, works of hatred and variance and emulations, wrath and strife and seditions and heresies. And because there are so many in our world that do these things, we are tempted to consider these things to be normal. We consider them, if you're thinking in a worldly way, you consider these things to be something that everybody does. And we begin to fall into the trap of believing that somehow this is just something that, that is common in our world. And it is common in our world, but our world is on a 
course with destruction. So it's important that you recognize what the word of the Lord says concerning these things. It does not say they which do such things should not do them. That's a little stronger than that. It doesn't say they which do such things should really rethink their actions. It's much stronger than that. The word of the Lord says they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now I want you to understand that that is a part of the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about the New Testament, the Old Testament and the New Testament, when we talk about the New Testament, that's not just a collection of books. That is referring to a legal document. It is the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. And just as if your great, great ancestor would leave a last will and testament and say, so-and-so can have a million bucks, two million bucks. However, if they do this and they do that, then they will not have access to the inheritance. I heard recently of a man who had learned that he had received $4.2 million in inheritance. But in order to receive it, he would have had to move his whole family to England to receive the inheritance. That's where his ancestor had lived. He checked it out. He really tried to make a way for this to be possible. But when he couldn't satisfy himself, this was several decades ago, satisfy himself that in that particular area he couldn't find a church for his family, he decided, I'd rather my family be anchored to a strong church that preaches the truth, that loves the Lord, than to gain $4.2 million in inheritance. Oh, that we all felt that way. Some people leave a place for a lot less than that. But, but, but you've got to have your priorities right because I'm going to tell you something, folks. What profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Because the Bible says, they that do these things, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a part of the last will and testament. Now, there is a kingdom of God for you. There is a promise for you. There is a glory of the Lord for you and I to enjoy and to receive. But if we do such things as has been described, then we shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And perhaps you see yourself in this passage. Perhaps you see yourself envying. And perhaps you see yourself committing fornication. And perhaps you see yourself hating or maybe you've got an idol of the heart. Or maybe you have wrath or strife. And you think, uh-oh, I need to be careful because I'll not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you think I would never commit murder. Jesus said, if you hate your brother, then you have murder in your heart. I want to tell you how to overcome these things. The way that you overcome these things is through the fruit of the Spirit of God. It is the fruit of the Spirit that gives you power over the works of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit gives you power over things like adultery, over things like hatred, over things like drunkenness. So I'm not here tonight to simply convince you 
You ought not commit adultery. I'm here to teach you about love. And love will prevent you from committing adultery. I'm not here to plead with your flesh. Stop hating. I'm here to teach you how to let peace rule and reign in your heart. And peace from the Spirit of God will prevent you from hating. I'm not here to keep you from having strife in your spirit or in your mind. I'm here to help you have gentleness. And gentleness will prevent the strife from multiplying in your mind, in your heart. The fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that if you ate all those natural fruits that we're looking at? See, I see a grapefruit up there. I see an orange up there. I see kiwi. I see green grapes. I think that's an apple up in the upper left-hand corner. I see a little bitty strawberry. I see lime. You got to be careful with the lime. You don't want to sink your teeth into that necessarily. But do you know those fruits are so loaded with, with power in a natural sense? Vitamins, nutrients that are designed to kill viruses and bacteria. And the same is true of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. They are power-packed with what it takes to overcome the works of the flesh in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. And so this is why, this is why we don't have envy in our hearts. It's because there, instead of being envy, there is peace. There is contentment. And when you're content with the blessings of the Lord in your life, you don't look at the blessings of the Lord in someone else's life and get jealous of them. Hallelujah. And, and there's, no, there's not hatred in us because there is, a, there is a love in us. And the love has overwhelmed the hatred. And we thank God for that. But when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it's important that we understand it is the fruit of the Spirit. It is not the fruit of the flesh. It is the fruit of the Spirit. So when we talk to you about love, we're not talking about human love. We're talking about the love of God. When we talk about joy, we're not talking about simple happiness. We're talking about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When we talk about peace, we're not simply talking about a feeling of serenity or tranquility. We are talking about the peace of God. When we talk about this matter of long-suffering, we're not even just talking about your suffering. We're talking about the long-suffering of Jesus Christ. When we talk about gentleness, we're not talking simply about you trying to be nice and not hurt people's feelings. We're talking about a baptism of the gentleness that is in Christ dwelling in you and operating through your words and operating through your deeds and influencing the way you treat people and the way you interact with people. Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. Jesus said, all men shall know that you are my disciples because you have love one for another. Oh, hallelujah. And so this gentleness and long-suffering and peace and joy and love, it is something that belongs unto the Lord. But it is not something 
that comes from our flesh. It only comes from the Spirit of God. So you can't will yourself to produce this. It must come by way of the process. We've talked about the process. I want to reiterate the process. The process is the planting of the seed, which is the Word of God. The process is receiving that seed into good ground that has been prepared through the breaking up of the fallow ground, clearing out the thorns, which are the cares of this life, clearing out the stones, clearing out those things that will prevent the seed from growing into a fruitful tree, getting them off the wayside and getting them into the good ground, and that's where the seed is planted, and that's where the seed grows, that's where the tree grows, and that's where the fruit produces. And it produces in the atmosphere of God's presence. Just like a natural seed requires rain and sunshine, spiritual seed requires the presence of the Lord. That's why in his presence there is fullness of joy. That is referring to the fruit of the Spirit that is joy. It occurs in his presence. Goodness, we're not talking about the goodness of humanity. We're talking about the goodness of God. What will grow from the child of God as the seed is planted in the good ground will not be seed that produces some kind of a false goodness. It will produce the goodness of the Lord. So we want to talk about what is the goodness of the Lord. Uh, first of all, I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 17. We're going, to, we're going to read just a couple of verses of Scripture here in your hearing. Matthew 19 and we're going to say verse 16. The Scripture says, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? He said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, Keep the commandments. What he's trying to explain to this man, because he understood. Some might look at that and say, well, I thought Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He's God, manifest in the flesh. When Jesus was looking at this man saying, there is none good but God, why callest thou me good? He wasn't saying that God was somehow separate from him. He was explaining to him, your understanding of good is off base. Yes, I'm a good master. Jesus is a good master. No question. But he knew the man did not understand the meaning of good when he said, what good thing can I do that I may have eternal life? Because I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. And this is what Jesus was trying to teach him. There is no good thing you can do by itself to gain eternal life. 
Jesus was saying, why callest thou me good? Thinking that, that there's some good thing that your flesh can produce that can gain eternal life for you. Notice what he said. He said, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. He said, which one? Jesus said, don't do any murder. Don't commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And Jesus said, to him, if you will be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. What Jesus was helping this young man understand is that the goodness that I'm seeking is not a goodness your flesh can produce. Well, tell me what good commandment to keep. Don't kill anybody. All right, I haven't killed anybody. What he didn't understand was he may have kept the letter of that law, but he had not kept the spirit of that law. Because if you hate, there's murder in your heart. I haven't committed adultery. Well, you might have kept the letter of that law, but if you've lusted after a woman in your heart, then you've committed adultery in your heart. So the spirit of the law goes unkept. The same with with stealing, a lot of people can honestly say they've never embezzled money from their workplace. But, but maybe you have kept back from God what belongs to him. And so there, are, there is a letter of the law and there is a spirit of the law. And if your flesh is capable of keeping the letter of the law, your flesh is not capable of keeping the spirit of the law. And that's what Jesus was telling this rich young ruler, as we know him to be in another passage, he was letting him know there is only one who is able to keep all of the law, and that is the Lord himself. Which is why God manifests himself in the flesh, and Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, paid him, paid the debt we could not pay. I said he paid the debt we could not pay. I don't care how good you've been from your youth till now. You can't pay the debt. There is no good thing you can do to gain eternal life. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would be lost and undone. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It is his compassion, hallelujah, that fails not. And it is his mercy that is renewed every morning. Oh, hallelujah. And so it is, it is simply by the grace of God. How many know it is simply by the grace and the goodness of the Lord that you even have access to salvation? You say, well, I've repented of my sins. It's because of the goodness of God that you even have an option to repent of your sins. You and I should be cast into, the, into outer darkness for our sins. We should be cast into a lake that burns with fire, where the worm dieth not, where the fire is not quenched, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is because God is good that we're even able to repent. My Lord, we ought to spend a good while just thanking God for repentance. How dare we balk 
at the option of repenting. I don't know why I got to repent. I don't know why God expects me to repent. I don't know why I got to repent every service. I don't know why that preacher keeps talking about repentance. You ought to thank God every morning that you even have an option to repent. He doesn't owe you an option to repent. He doesn't owe you anything. He's good though. And he gives you this opportunity to repent. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I'll praise him for the rest of my life simply for that. I said I will praise him for the rest of my life simply because he allows me to humble myself. I said he allows me to come before his presence with humility and repent of my sins. See, the Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sin. Then will I heal their land. I'm talking about a good God. Hallelujah. I said, I'm talking about a good God. He has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'm talking about a good God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He has crowned us with glory and with honor and has made us a little lower than the angels. I'm talking about a good God. About a good God who is good. The mercy of the Lord endures forever. His truth endures to all generations. For the Lord, He is good. You're not good. He's good. Well, you know so-and-so. He's such a good guy. No, he's not. God's good. Why call me good master? Jesus, listen, Jesus isn't just the good master. He's the good master and he's the good shepherd. He's not saying I'm not good. He said none good but God. God is good, which means Jesus is good because Jesus is God. What he was explaining to him was that your understanding of good, don't ascribe that to me. Because you're, you, you just told me what you think of good. You think there's a good thing you can do to get to heaven. And so you call me good master in the context of thinking that I am good outside of God. And I'm not good outside of God. I'm good because I am God. And you think there's some good thing you can do to be saved. You can't do anything good except that the Lord empowers you to do that which is good. Oh, hallelujah. If you'll look with me to Genesis, to Genesis chapter 1. We're looking at Genesis chapter 1. We're going to talk about where we first encounter the word good. Anybody know what the word gospel means? Anybody want to shout it out? Good news. Hallelujah. That's what the angels said to the shepherds. They said, they said, we bring you glad tidings of great joy unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They were preaching the gospel. They were declaring the good news. Oh, hallelujah. If you got some bad news, I got some good news. And the good news I've got is greater than the bad news you've got. And the good news I've got is the answer to the bad news you've got. Which one you want first, the good news or the bad news? Which one you want first, the good news or the good news? Hallelujah. We're just going to keep talking about the good news. 
Hallelujah. Lord, take the bad news out of my mouth and let me declare the good news. Because the good news is God manifests himself in the flesh. The good news unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given. The good news is his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The good news is in that day there shall be one Lord and his name shall be one. The good news, ladies and gentlemen, is that he saves sinners of whom I am chief. The good news is that his blood washes away every sin's name. Hallelujah. Verse 3, John Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he sees, and God said, saw that it was good. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but after each conclusion... Of those creative days, God said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. He was not simply patting himself on the back. He wasn't just applauding it. He wasn't saying, nailed it. He was saying, it is good. He was actually connecting it to what we just described, the gospel, to be good news. Because he had a message for man encoded in the creation. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we said, God came down into the form of a man. God the Father became the only begotten Son of the living God. He robed himself in the flesh of humanity. He died the death, hallelujah, of every man. He tasted death. For every man. He was obedient in all points. Even though he was tempted just as you and I are tempted. In every way you've ever been tempted, God in flesh was tempted just as you have been tempted. The difference between you and me and him is that you and I stumbled right on into it. He was without sin. When he went to the cross, he went to the cross as a spotless lamb. Blemishless. Innocent. Death had no jurisdiction over him because there was no sin in his body. And Jesus the Christ, oh hallelujah, Messiah, the anointed one, God manifest in the flesh. He was able to go to the cross and taste death for every man and go into a borrowed tomb buried. And because there was no sin in him, he rose from the dead triumphant my lord have mercy god forbid we ever take that message for granted god forbid we ever take that message for granted that is the gospel of jesus christ that is the good news that he rose from the dead 
And because he rose from the dead, guess what? You and I are going to rise from the dead. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead, where? In Christ, shall rise first. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is the good news. And God encoded that good news throughout creation. Every time he created something, it reflected the message that I just shared. God in flesh, God obedient, obedient unto death, taking upon himself the form of a servant, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, died, buried, rose from the dead, hallelujah, showed himself alive by many infallible proofs, ascended on high, poured out his Holy Spirit, coming again in the clouds with thousands and ten thousands of his saints. That's the gospel. When he created this earth, he created this earth to demonstrate the gospel. That's why if you look out these windows. This is a little time we call twilight. It means the sun is setting. It's like when Jesus died. The sun sets and everything just turns dark. But it's not going to stay that way. Because though the sun will be set for the night. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't have to be a meteorologist to tell you that come 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m., that sun is going to peak up over the horizon. Hallelujah. And it's going to be God's faithful reminder to us. There's a resurrection coming. There's a resurrection coming. There's a resurrection coming. See, I can hear Pastor Elush. I can hear the scripture say, the night is far spent, but the day is at hand. It's God's faithful reminder. It is the good news. That is the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, hallelujah. You've never seen anything as good as the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nobody's ever treated you as good as God manifests in the flesh. Nobody's ever done anything as good for you as what God did when he laid down his own life. So you and I could be saved. Oh, hallelujah. And this is what the Bible means. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Romans Chapter 8 and verse 28, we're going to look at a great verse of Scripture. How many already know where I'm going? You can quote it with me, but we're going to read it together. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. Oh, hallelujah. For good. For good. For good, for good. Hallelujah, all things work together for good. Now everybody, doesn't that sound nice? Isn't that awesome that that's true? That all things work together for good? That it doesn't matter what you're going through, it's working together for good? 
and, and, and it might have come to you from this angle while something else came from that angle, but it's working together for good. Now, now if you want that to be true in your life, it, it, it isn't true of everybody's life, it, but it can be true of your life. Listen to what the Bible says. To them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. So it, listen, it is not for everybody. It's for them that love God. It's for them who are the called according to his purpose. It's for them who are grafted into the vine. It's for them who are planted into the tree. It's for them who have the fruit of the Spirit abounding in their life. It's for them who the seed has been planted in good ground and the sunlight and the rainfall are causing the plant to grow and the fruit to flow. It's for them. That's what all things work together for good. I just want to share something with you. The, the, scripture, says, the scripture says that uh, time and chance happeneth to all men. And so when you think about that, that's kind of a terrifying thing because I don't want to live a life that is based on chance. How many want to live a life that's based on chance? A life where anything could happen. And, and, and you don't know whether it's good or bad. Wrong place at the wrong time. But Romans 8.28 removes that from your life. It does, time and chance does happen to every man because of the dysfunction of our world. But Romans 8.28 teaches us something. Romans 8.28 teaches us we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. What that tells me is that chance doesn't have any power in my life if I love God. And am the called according to his purpose. Now that doesn't mean that everything's going to go the way I want it to go. But it does mean that everything's going to go the way God wants it to go. Oh, and I feel good about that. That's a win-win situation. We all have our preferences of how life will go and how things will develop for us. But, but, but one thing I take comfort in is that all things. That means the good things. And that means the bad things. And that means the difficult things. And that means the things you didn't see coming. All of it has to work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. There's no sickness that gets to creep up into your life when you love God and are the called according to his purpose and start being like a rogue agent in your life and throw your life into utter chaos. No, no. If God allows it to enter into your life, it has to cooperate with his providence. Oh, hallelujah. No, you don't just get to come in here and mess everything up. If you're going to be in this life, this life is dedicated to the Lord. All things work together. So, so if, if this is going to be in my life, it's got to work with God's will. It's got to work with God's providence. It's got to work with my salvation. It's got to link arms with everything else going on in my life and help me get to heaven because all things work together. Oh, hallelujah. Don't, don't, listen. Peter said, think it not strange when the fiery trial comes. 
James said, count it all joy. Woo, hallelujah, count it all joy. No, you don't get to just stroll up in here and be sorrow. Your joy, I'm turning you into joy. He's turned my mourning into dancing. He's turned my sorrow into joy. What the devil meant for evil, God turned it for the good. For the good. Well, I don't know. I still think time and chance and coincidence and things like that have influence in my life. Not, not, not when you love God and are called according to his purpose. Nothing takes God by surprise. If God allows it, all is well. If God allows it, it's good. It's going to be all right. Look at your neighbor. Tell him it's going to be all right. Psalm 37 and verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. What kind of a man? Let me read this again. Let me see what this says. I don't, I don't have my glasses on. So, The steps of a talented man are Hold on. Wait a minute. Let me get this. I don't have my bifocals on. Let me see here. Let me hold it back. The steps of a nice guy. No, no. What is it telling me? The steps of a good man. The steps of somebody who have, has goodness growing inside of them. Somebody where the gospel is living itself out in their words and their deeds and their actions. And there's goodness flowing from them. It is the goodness of God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just like... Just like the, the world has a different definition for every word that is good, that is righteous. There's a, there's a worldly alternative to this definition of, of goodness. And the Bible says that in this last day they will, they will call evil good. And they will call good evil. And here's the thing. This is, this is what the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what it messed up. See, Adam and Eve were surrounded by good. See, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it wasn't just the knowledge of evil. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they were surrounded by good. Everything God created, he said, was good. That's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. And that, Adam and Eve together in holy matrimony, one man, one woman... It's very good. Hallelujah. And, and so they were surrounded by good. The, the difference between the good they were surrounded by that God had placed them in and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they ate of, the difference was this. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil gave them this false belief. That they could determine the difference between what was good and what was evil. And that's not how it works, friend. You don't get to determine what is good and what is evil. I don't care who elected you to Congress. You don't get to determine what is good and what is evil. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who won the election. They don't get to determine what is good and what is evil. And you better pray for every political figure. Every, I don't care what party they're in. You better pray that God humbles their heart and gives them a heart that is beholden to him in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. You pray for them. You pray for them and ask God, say, Lord, let them do good and let them do right and let them do justly. Lord, let them be sensitive to your spirit, sensitive. Some of you are having trouble praying for, for different ones because you don't have the same political affiliation. It doesn't matter what their political affiliation is. It matters the fact that they are in positions of power and we need God to move upon their heart. Everyone, every single last one of them. And, and so the, the fact of the matter is that man always tries to, to somehow wedge himself between God and his own conscience and determine what is good and what is evil. You don't have the wisdom to determine what is good and evil. This is why this book needs to be exalted in our land it needs to be exalted in our land it needs to be exalted in our homes my goodness oh oh not seeing now here we go i'm just going to take off down a rabbit trail y'all just go with me we'll come right back around because we can we can gripe about it not being exalted in the public square but but what moral authority do we have to gripe about it not being exalted in the public square if it's not even exalted in our living rooms if it's not even exalted in our, in our own heart, hallelujah, we got to exalt this word everywhere we go. And, 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 and if you can't open it up and read it to everybody in your circle, live it. Live it out and show them in Jesus' name, hallelujah, the fruit of the Spirit. And they will see in you the fruit of the Spirit. No, notice what he said. He said, when they see your good works. See, that's the goodness. That's the fruit of the Spirit, goodness. When they see your good works, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. The Bible is full of admonitions. Do good. Seek peace. Pursue it. Somebody might say, well, they're just a do-gooder, whatever that is. A do-gooder. I'm not asking anybody to be a do-gooder. I'm asking you to let the seed get in your heart. I'm asking you to let the sunshine of his presence shine upon that seed. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to, to tuck yourself away into a closet of prayer. I'm asking you to let that seed grow up inside of you like a tender plant out of dry ground, like a root out of a dry ground, and let it become a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And, and, and let me tell you what happens. Goodness! flows from you goodness goodness flows from your words goodness flows from your actions goodness flows from your deeds goodness 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 and then somebody looks at you and says now that's a good man and what they're saying after that process has occurred is i see jesus in them i see jesus in them I want to remind you, I want to remind you that, that when we get to heaven, how many know that when we get to heaven, there's going to be streets of gold? Anybody know that? How many know that when we get to heaven, there's going to be walls of jasper? 
When we get to heaven, there's going to be gates of pearl. But it's going to be different than the, than the metals that we have here on earth. The streets of gold in that city are going to be transparent, clear. In case you don't know what that means, he said clear like glass. The walls will be clear, he said, like crystal. In other words, crystal clear. Is that crystal clear? Anything about that we don't understand? He said the gates will be transparent. In other words, yeah, there's gold and there's sapphires and there's emeralds and there's all these amazing stones. But he said they're going to be transparent. You can see right through them. That's what exists in heaven. In heaven, nothing is murky. Nothing is foggy. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. There we will know even as we are known, the Bible says. Now we prophesy in part. Now we see in part. But, but then there's not even going to be a need for prophecy. Now we have tongues, but there won't even be a need for tongues. Because, because there will be no mystery. Not no mystery. The mystery will be fulfilled. Oh, Hallelujah. That's why you'll understand it better by and by. There'll be no mystery. Do you know what else there won't be up there? There will be no more sea. Do you know how mysterious the sea is? They have no clue what's under those waters. The very limited understanding we have of what exists under the waters is staggering. When you consider the vast expanses of what lives and occurs under the sea, we don't have a clue what's going on under the sea. There's fish that we haven't discovered that Adam has already named. But in that city, there will be no more sea because there'll be no more mystery. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. In order for me to go to that city and for you to go to that city, we have to become transparent like glass, clear like crystal. And Lord, help me because there's still a lot of Joel on me. But when the Bible says, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Tried in the fire. He means I will come forth as spotless gold. As taintless gold. As, as tintless gold. As not a gold of this earth. I'm going to be so refined by the fire. I will be transparent like the gold in heaven. Do you want to know why everything in heaven is transparent and everything is clear? And why there's no more sea? And did you know there's no sun up there? S-U-N. There's no sun. There's no moon. You know why? There's no need of it. The lamb is the light. Did you know there's no temple? My Lord, have mercy. I, I, I'm wrapping up. I really am. I'm just going to say this real quick. Solomon built a temple, and it was destroyed. They rebuilt the temple, and it was destroyed. Paul then said, don't, don't bemoan that because know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
and this body is a corruptible body this body is a body of death and it breaks down and is destroyed but thanks be unto God when we reach that city there will be no need for a temple hallelujah the lamb is the light and the lamb is the temple the reason that everything is transparent in that city is because everywhere you look you're going to see the lamb I don't care if you're looking at the walls. You're going to see through the walls and see the Lamb. It doesn't matter if you're looking at the street. You're going to see through the street and see the Lamb. It doesn't matter if you're looking at the gates. You're going to see through the gate and see the Lamb. It doesn't matter where you look. Even if you're looking at a person, they've been tried by fire, coming forth as pure gold. You'll see right through them and see the Lamb. See, that's what God is doing. And that's why you went through the fiery trial. Because he was stripping a little bit more of you off. And the more of you that stripped off, glory. Glory to God, there's a better view of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Know you not that the trying of your faith worketh patience? Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. That you may be perfect. That you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Oh, hallelujah. He is pulling off of you. Everything that is not good. Oh, bless his name. And what will grow from that experience is the goodness of the Lord. David said this, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many know that God is good? How many want goodness to flow from yourself? Let's stand to our feet in this house and give God praise in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank you, precious Jesus. Come on, all across this house, let's give him praise right now. Glory to God. 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 Oh, bless his name. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to look for opportunities to do something good. I don't mean just, just simply being nice. I mean demonstrating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our hands to him right now. Say, God, I want you to use me right now. I want you to use me in my workplace. I want you to use me, Lord. I want you to use me and my family in the name of Jesus. Lord, let goodness grow in me. Let goodness grow in me. Let goodness, let the gospel of Jesus Christ shine. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ shine. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ shine. Oh, bless his holy name. 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 You know, you got to understand this about the gospel. you got to understand this about the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is being reflected all throughout creation. Look outside now. See, it's darker than it was. That's because the sun has been thoroughly buried. Thoroughly buried. Just as Jesus was thoroughly buried. Now, for the next several hours, you won't see the sun. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to see the sun in all of its radiant glory. That's what happened when Jesus was crucified. He was crucified, and he was thoroughly buried. 
And for three days and three nights, they didn't see the Lord. Oh, but on the third day, he rose up from the grave. Glory to God. How many enjoyed that 70-degree weather? Did you enjoy that 70-degree weather today? Sun was shining. Breezes were blowing. God is good, and the devil is a liar. Because the devil had me believing <laughs> that the, he had me believing there for a little while. We were never going to feel 70 degrees again. I'm out walking the dog, believing no more 70 degrees. But the devil is a liar. Hallelujah. See, I remember, when the, I remember when the season changed. I remember when the leaves began to fall off the tree. And it was, it was, a, it was, it was looking at it, it was like, oh, something's happening. Something's changing. Something's shifting. Something's dying. And it stayed dead for several months. And we had to cancel church sometimes. And the ice covered the roads. And the snow fell from the heavens. And all of those flowers and all of those green things lay buried. Oh, but today is a new day. It's March, my friend. And I don't, we might, might be 35 degrees tomorrow. This is Ohio. But I'm glad to know that spring is a coming. Resurrection is on the horizon. Woo! The sun is going to shine again. The trees are going to blossom again. And I don't know what part of the resurrection or what part of the death or the crucifixion or the burial you represent what you're going through right now. Because we might go throughout this building and we might have different phases of the gospel being represented in people's lives. One of you might be able to stand up and say, I'm, I'm dying right now. I'm dying right now. I feel so much pain and so much trauma. Go ahead. Let this pass. Because you'll come up out of that grave. Or maybe you say, I, I died some time ago. I've been buried. I haven't been the same since. I've just been buried. I feel like there's nothing going on. I, I don't feel anything. I feel numb. It's all right. All right, just keep on worshiping him. Just keep on serving him. Just keep on trusting him because you're living out the gospel. You're going to come up out of that grave. Or maybe... Maybe you've come through death and burial and you're coming up out of that grave as we speak and you feel it and you know it and you're representing that phase of the gospel that demonstrates his glory in the most beautiful way. Wherever you are in that reflecting of the gospel of Jesus Christ, be faithful unto God and let the goodness of the Lord shine through you. If you're dying right now, if you're dying inside, trust in God hold to his unchanging hand and people will see the goodness of the Lord in you. If you're buried right now, trust in the Lord and hold to his unchanging hand and people will see the goodness of the Lord in you. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know where you are, but whatever you're going through, lift up your hands all across this building. We're going to sing and praise the Lord right now in Jesus' name. And goodness, the goodness of God is going to flow in this house. The goodness of God is going to flow in this house. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. All across this building in Jesus' name. All across this building in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, I will not get bitter in my trouble. I will not get bitter in my crisis. I'm going to live for the Lord. The goodness of the Lord is going to thrive in me. The goodness of the Lord is going to thrive in me. You are good.
the goodness of the Lord is going to thrive in me. Hallelujah. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Your mercy is forever. You are good. You are Your mercy is forever, forever. 